podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise.
I need to digest um, and see what other analysts think, but definitely in terms of uh, earnings. But how about supermarkets? Um, pretty tough na din for pure gold events peak expectations, but uh, with uh, with all of these recessionary fears, uh, the sectors that are most resilient would always be the stable ones, whether they be REIT or companies that behave like REIT. That's why SM Prime at 34, which in a way acts like a REIT, even if it isn't, because the earnings come from malls are a big reason why it should not fall too much. Um, the Philippine consumer spending is still uh, strong, and the best proxy of that uh, behavior would be your SM, your beer goods, and your retail RHI. Between these three, of course, majority of the funds hold SM because SM is the number one uh, market cap weight in the Philippines. But um, it's hard for me to recommend your gold when we have a recommendation on Kroger because Kroger is cheaper, has 3% yield. Um, it's in the U.S. It's 2,700 stores. Uh, of course, this fails into comparison with Walmart with 11,000 stores. However, um, the reason why we like Kroger is because not only is it trading at about 9% times multiple, you got the yield. It's at major support here at 22, 23, even at 21, um, 20, 21, 20 to 23, basically around that range, you just buy and accumulate a few positions. And wait a minute, because um, we see, uh, I see a 50% upside because this e-commerce, uh, this um, traditional supermarket is um, fighting against uh, Amazon, Walmart, Target with a good strategy. Uh, the management has indicated uh, the partnerships with Kroger, uh, of Kroger between Ocado the partnership of Kroger with Nuro, which we both like. Um, another um, winner that we wish to buy is um, Beyond East, if it falls maybe $100. <clears throat> the reason why it would not be uh, as easy to buy, but um, it would be bought by some funds, is because um, in, in, in the first place, we don't see Beyond East uh, staying about 200 for so long. That's why when it fell, it was so easy to just, you know, call a sell, uh, even to short it. But I, I know it's hard to really short it for our case because a lot of hedge funds have already been working this thing from 100 all the way to 200. And it's true. Um, they're correct because uh, even with the abundant partnerships of Beyond Meat with the likes of Tim Hortons, with Sandwiches, um, with Taco Bell, uh, with, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's Taco Bell or another Taco brand, but there is a, a, a Taco, and then there's um, a partnership with Dunkin' Brands for a certain sandwich in the morning. Uh, those partnerships are critical, but it's not something that you expect them to sustain in the immediate short term. So the, the hype is real. I would say that it's not a fact. And even if it's a flag, you have 1% of the millennial market who wants to be vegan and who would try this vegan meat through these fast food chains, whether it be Dunkin' Brands, whether it be Kim Hortons, whether it be through Burger King, which we also have a buy rating, which is uh, impossible to QSR, uh, ticker symbol QSR. QSR surged um, above $75 this year. 
uh, we recommended it about $64, we would hold on to it and it's, our, it's a winner as well. And uh, we actually like all three of them. It's just that um, the cheapest would be through, I mean, the more stable play is through QSR, which is just a fast food chain. Um, and all the fast food chains in general have been doing well. Um, Pinaka Magalig would be Shake Shack, which is very great results, perfect execution, but very premium valuation. So we wouldn't recommend buying any Shake Shack here at 95 to 96. But why did Shake Shack go 100% up um, in a span of five things a year? Well, it's because it's been growing 15 times more than any McDonald's food chain out there, which is which makes sense because you have a very low base. Shake Shack is very good at what it does. Um, Shake Shack has their chicken nuggets. Um, they have their chicken bites. Yesterday, why did Shake Shack go up 7% in a single day, even if it's too expensive? It's because Shake Shack introduced a BLT, uh, another in innovative menu that would entice people for a limited edition offering. Why is Starbucks still strong? Um, we, ha we have a buy on Starbucks and Shake Shack, but try to... Um, Try to wait. Hopefully, you can enter at 80 bucks for both of them. Both are trading 95, 96. So we're waiting about a 20% drop. Hopefully, by October or November, hopefully there's a slip up on an earnings quarter, so that you could actually buy both of these companies and hold on to them and own them for your long-term portfolio. Uh, we actually are happy that Disney missed expectations, so that the other people who don't have Disney, you can buy 133 dollars, 132 dollars. And just wait for it about three years because we think that Disney is going to hit about 200, uh, three to five years uh, because the Disney streaming live is strong. Uh, it will not make money for them yet, but they have so much cash flow and so much intellectual property that it will translate to better um, earnings going forward and for, for the company to be valued as a growth place. Uh, for the streaming, we like Roku. We will explain better the results. Uh, Roku this year has done specifically so well. In fact, from a low of 25 this year to as high as $135, seems that the only way in would be about $100 already. Um, we're not even sure if we can get it at $100, $110, but um, it's been growing decent down revenues, OTT, over the top ads. And, uh, we just have to essentially uh, hope for the best that there are dips for these great companies. Shake Shack, Starbucks, Roku. Uh, you want to wait for AMD as well. These four games, put it in your shopping list, watch list on them. Twilio, these are great companies, great seller results, perfect execution. That's why they're premium valuation. Um, Long-term secondary trends are so strong, that's why. Uh, it's really hard to get these names, and they deserve the 100% run. And for Roku, the, I think it ran up two to 300% this year. Came from a very low base, that's why it uh, it really moved spectacularly. Another uh, great earnings result comes from Zynga. Zynga went from 3.5 to as high as 6.3. Uh, it came from 3.5 around October, November 2018. Note that the reason why there are so strong runoffs because November 2018 and December 2018, we were hearing the same speech. We were hearing the same inverted yield curve, the same recessionary fears. So during that time, the S&P 500 
500 back staff and all the businesses have fallen about 20%. In fact, during that time, Facebook was also trading at $130. And proven right, Facebook hit $180 to $200 this year due to spectacular revenues, earnings, perfect execution, and essentially, Tina, there is no alternative. Digital advertising is basically dominated by uh, companies like Facebook and Google. <clears throat> Although the small caps such as Talaria is doing very, very well. Talaria now is hitting eight bucks. Uh, we, we never covered Talaria. The two names that are doing immensely well in this digital advertising market, although they are very small, is Talaria, ticker TLRA, and uh, the trade at TPE. No matter what, since we have missed the quote of these names, we will not, uh, we will not rest and uh, we will still put it in our watch list. We'll study them. We'll take note of them because um, we want to get winners. And uh, these winners, if they have trends, then we will pick them up. Zynga uh, at 5.5 now is actually um, a chance to enter. Now, why is there so much volatility with these names? Because, um, number one, the smaller tap you are, the easier you can um, get toppled on news on sentiment, um, plus the fact that they ran up maybe a perfect, perfect pricing valuation. It's, tra uh, it's trading now at the $5 billion market cap for Zynga and about $1 billion for Funko. Funko is now trading at $22. Um, this is a good name as well, great earnings. We want to pick up the companies that reported great earnings, and if you can get it at 22, 21, 19, 20, we buy all this because we see that the future for these names are stronger and better. Outlook 2020, 2021, 2020. Uh, the IPs of Funko, the reason why we like them is because they are making money on a specific secular trend. And the trend is that people are fans of everything. You watch Game of Thrones, you want to have your John Snow Funko Pop. You like Jollibee, you have a Jollibee Funko Pop. You like Shark or Jaws, you have a Jaws. Funko Pop, a squirrel of Funko Pop, and they've actually transitioned not just from those Funko Pop toys to even apparel. Um, we've seen companies like Hasbro sell Nerf apparel. We also like Nerf. Uh, we also like Hasbro. Hasbro is the uh, it's a 15, 17 billion dollar company. It's, it's it's the largest toy company in the world. Owns great IP. IP has a level property because they have the license with Disney Adventures, um, Barbie, Monopoly, Play-Doh. Uh, they, they have the, they are most um, affected by any tariff with the goods because they do have an exposure with some factories in China. Unlike uh, Franco, which is insulated with this China tariff war due to their factories being in Vietnam. That's it. Um, there are interesting, um, these companies are strong. They've been doing well. And Trump did give freeway for Hasbro and the toy makers. There's only two anyway. There's just Hasbro and Mattel. We only have a violated one, Hasbro and Tomco. Um Mainly because these companies have really strong partnerships. With the holiday season coming up, you have Frozen 2 coming up next few months and you have Star Wars coming this holiday. The way to play, um, we are bullish Disney, of course, but there are ways to 
uh, make money not just with Disney but all the related apparel that makes money from Disney licenses as well. And these related apparel, whether it's toys, bags, um, and so forth, is handled by Hasbro. That's why earnings of Hasbro is stable. You also get a 3% yield with Hasbro. We have a buy rating $110, $100. If you can pick it up, go ahead, no problem, just cost average. We are choosing our companies very specific, so the discipline comes from the stock selection. Now, the timing, if you could be perfect, that's great, but let's assume you can't get 110, should you get 130, that's fine, 111, 112, 113. Now, if it falls 100 bucks, you just keep adding. Um, the, the, the way that we are doing this um, portfolio management is choosing about 20 companies, and if we get about 60% of them right, meaning 12 of them are right, maybe 8 of them are wrong, you should in the end come out ahead and be winning. Because you would let your winners run high. Um, you could make about 50 to 70% on your winners, and um, you'll hold on to it. Because the goal here is to hold about two to three years, not two to three months. Um, that's really the way, unless you're overweight. What do we mean with overweight? Let's assume that instead of a 5% allocation, you put about 25%. Then you could sell that 15% over allocation and keep that 10%. So it's really up to you how you overweight your size on a specific name. Um, but the reason why we try to diversify is because you will get burned on a concentration move. Uh, for instance, where were we so wrong about? Farfetch uh, was so wrong. Stadium, when when Farfetch acquired Stadium Goods, um, the company fell about 30%, 40% on the same day. Um, that was massive loss. Um, and if it's a part of portfolio, thank God it's just 5%. It's not a huge um, impact that you could um, lose your money in that instant in a single day. Um, the, the company didn't actually lose money. They, they, they're in line with their uh, income and their... Well, they were expected to lose money because they were starting out. What I'm saying is the market didn't expect this company to acquire stadium goods. So, sorry, they acquired off-white, the streetwear brand. So they, they now want to be, to be honest, the management analysis and discussion is not really so bad. But what I believe is that a lot of companies these days, especially the retailers, the luxury retailers, are tanking hard. For example, um, we never covered this. Uh, tapestry fell about 20% last night because case state sales weren't doing well. Um, so I think it can fall about another 40-50% from yesterday's price because the market cap was about $7 billion. Uh, the company of Versace had a faux pas, a faux pas, fashion faux pas with China, and China got angry with a... A lot of companies are getting angry whether it's the um, we're wrong, Calvin Klein made a mistake, uh, Huawei, I, I was surprised, Huawei made a mistake. Huawei classified Taiwan as a country and therefore, a lot of Chinese users in Weibo have been tweeting to boycott Huawei. Um, Versace had a mistake when they mentioned Hong Kong as a country and not as a province of China. And that was a huge mistake on their part because now China is um, boycotting Versace products. It's an expensive mistake. Who else are making these mistakes? Givenchy, Calvin Klein. Uh, there are a lot of companies that are now understanding the wrath of China when they simply say that Hong Kong, Macau, and Taiwan are countries 
and our separate identities away from China. So that mistake is costing these companies a lot. Uh, Capri Holdings, which owns um, Versace, Jimmy Choo, and uh, the Michael Kors brand, is trading at 52 week lows. It's trading at $26. Um, I think it's like a $4 billion market cap now. Is there value in these names? I see that um, with so much loss of confidence in retail, it will take a while. It could fall about $20. I, I'm not sure if it will fall another 30%, but the momentum on these names would fall further rather than rise. And you don't want to uh, fight um, a company just because you see that uh, there's, there's a bit of value. I wouldn't fight it because there are so many better names out there. And uh, we, we, we've picked um, very good winners. Example, Huya. Uh, Huya had a great earnings. It's hitting $23 now. Uh, prior to earnings, it was, what, $20? We recommended by Huya 21 below. So if you follow that, you should be up about 10% on that earnings pop. Uh, we should hold on to Huya. Uh, we think it's going to hit about 26 to 29 in the short term. But in the long run, uh, the cash flow stream of these gaming platforms is uh, it's similar to Facebook. You want to just own it, own the platform, hold on to it, because the more players there are, the higher the digital advertising revenues, the higher the content um, streaming, the esports tournaments, the leagues. Uh, you want to just keep it, keep buy to hold it, not to trade. All of the companies that we recommend, especially globally, are not meant to be traded. You will only trade it if you have a bigger weighting than 5%. Assume you have, say, 10% of your portfolio in these names, or 25%, then you are overexposed with the company. Now, it's a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing because you're overexposed on a winner, not on a loser. But um, diversification will tell you that maybe you should learn to trim um, and just be diversified. Which companies have been doing well? Uh, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony. There's so many, and uh, we we have been picking a lot of winners. I say that our hit ratio is more than 60%. So um, whether you are invested in video games, or for video games, we also recommend to buy Electronic Arts. It's still trading at 88, $90. Uh, we could buy this. Uh, Electronic Arts is going to be strong this holiday season. It's a good trade, and it's also a good buy to hold. Um, it's a very big company. Electronic Arts, is, it's a, if, if my memory is correct, it's about $20 billion market cap. It's the second largest in the USA, the largest being acquisition. And these companies make money by um, publishing games. The, the hits are Apex Legends, uh, FIFA, Madden, NHL, the World FIFA Cup is very positive for them because EA is the sport. Um, the more sports fans there are, then you make money from that. Uh, they are launching something like a battle royale for plants versus plants. There was a leakage of plants versus zombies. <laughs> um, they have a garden warfare. Because right now, people are really uh, interested in a lot of multiplayer. Um, it's called MOBA. Multiplayer. Uh, multiplayer online battle arena. Uh, these, these games are what fuel the Fortnite movement, the Fortnite, the Apex Legends. So EA um, did the same formula. They, they they do the battle royale type of games because these are what people like. And these 
or one people would sponsor for. For the sponsors for such games, well, everyone, you can name Coca-Cola, you can name PepsiCo, you can name uh, even the likes of CPMP. Uh, they all want their hands on this. And why? Because you have about 250 million players in Fortnite. That's a huge market. Um, and these players are the same people who are playing everything from Overwatch, PUBG. Um, yesterday, Tencent made an earnings call. I haven't read it, and I think it was not that good. However, um, let me check how bad is bad. Because we, we have a buy rating on Tencent. And uh, the reason why is because there's really no alternative when you talk about payments, when you talk about the play in. Um, for, when we say payments, we're talking about WeChat. Uh, when we say uh, games, then they practically own everything, whether it be Fortnite, League of Legends, any game you can uh, you you know of that's really big. It's all uh, it's all it's all a ten cent property. It's just whether they own fifteen percent market share on that or or or, or, or less. And uh, ten cent is like your China DC. It's 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 the biggest. You, you, you cannot go wrong with a Tencent and Alibaba if that's a buy to hold in your portfolio. Um, a lot of names are actually going to go IPO, and that's one reason why uh, Beyond Meat is, I think, going to fall about 40% from here, um, which is a great thing. I really want that stock to fall because it's over, over valued right now. Um, we um, work, uh, it's expensive. And I'm pretty sure that it's gonna be Masayoshi's son again who make money. Note that um, these are all Masayoshi's properties. What did Masayoshi do? 2019 is his cash out game. He's been selling everything. Uh, he he sold some. What what happened was he directly listed his holdings from the likes of Uber to the likes of um, Slack. We like these names, but of course we won't buy it on IPO. We just need to um, wait for them to fall. Uh, Note that um, if you bought Uber from IPO, you beat down, I, I, I can't remember, but you know that these are losing companies and they already told you that in the prospectus, they are expected to lose some more. Uh, I think Uber reported a loss of $5 billion in a certain quarter. Can you imagine that? $5 billion in a quarter loss. That's a huge money that I don't know if they can ever um, even make money. Uh, we, we don't even cover these things. All I'm saying is, what we like is uh, SoftBank, because SoftBank is the one cashing out. They're selling these assets at a very expensive valuation, and the public is eating it. So we work, they'll sell it as well. Uh, usually what Masayoshi does is he, he sells about 5% stake in the market. So he probably still will hold them, and uh, that's usually how he does things. Uh, he recycles the money, and then he uh, has new cups to grow into tigers. That's what he does. Um, <clears throat> what are his, uh, his cups? Um, in a way, Nuro is a cup that is not listed, but Nuro is working with some really large companies. That's why Nuro, uh, um, I think Nuro and Kroger together plus Apollo, they're going to do a good job fighting Amazon, at least in the delivery and uh, the management of the warehouse and so forth. These um, startups will enable large traditional companies like Kroger to do well and to battle well with an e-commerce um, strategy. There are a lot of teams, and um, if you are um, getting shocked with so many companies, it's because there's really a lot of great names in uh, USA, 
and uh, globally we want to part our money with these global companies even when you're just um, just buying a Starbucks coffee uh, you're just buying Shake Shack burgers you just want to buy them if you can uh, hopefully 20% lower although it's really hard um, it's hard um, you either need to make them mint you secretly want them to have a failure on a quarter because they're doing so well uh, so that you could just enter. So actually, uh, it helps to think that uh, now that Jollibee is making a lot of uh, investors wary about their strategy of execution, at 218, we're saying this is a buy to invest. Even if it was 200 bucks, 180 bucks, it's a buy to invest. Uh, the reason, because um, prior to the acquisition of CETL and prior to the knowledge of the huge losses on Smash Burger, the company was actually already um, sharing that they've um, started um, introducing CBTL into Indonesia, 100, 100 shops there. Um, more importantly, from 280, it already fell to about 225. Any price 225 below assumes that it's going to lose 60 billion pesos in market cap in the future, which, we, which I myself believe that is too much. Uh, if you price it at 180, if you get Jollibee at 180, let's assume you're lucky enough to get it at 180, the market is assuming that Jollibee is going to lose 100 million pesos on these investments, which I think is too much, overly pessimistic, that we could actually go contrarian to that notion. So um, that's a contrarian play. Another contrarian buy that we have is Netflix. If we can buy Netflix at $270, Note that uh, Netflix had a really bad quarter. They only added 2.7 million subscribers last uh, quarter when the market expected them to hit 5 million. But um, the rationale for me to bet on Netflix in this um, quarter, before actually you, you don't have to be so early because the next quarter is your until October. It's still just August now. So we have September and October. You have about two months to wait for Netflix, which is about $270 below. Um, the good thing about Netflix is that the insiders are very transparent. Insiders um, have been by. Uh, there is this CEO. Uh, CEO, of course, is retasting. But one of their board of directors, uh, Mr. Smith, Stan Smith from Microsoft, is an independent board of directors. He wants about $300. Yesterday is about $295. I think that we can, uh, from a technical perspective, because of the volatility in the market, we might be able to get Netflix at $270. I would go um, small because if if there is a bad quarter again for Netflix because the streaming wars are really getting uh, heated up, you've seen CBS and Viacom join together. I don't think anyone will actually purchase that uh, streaming channel plan. Uh, people would actually purchase their Netflix again, uh, renew their Netflix, they'll get the Disney stream, probably get an HBO Max, but that's it. I'm not sure about the other players. Um, we only have buy on these three, Netflix, Disney, uh, and AT&T, which will be HBO Max. And the nice thing about AT&T is that not only are you getting the kicker yield of streaming, you also get the 6% fat juicy dividend um, every year. So, And in fact, I, I mean, aside from that 6% yield, AT&T is even up about 10% this year. So what's not a lot? Uh, we have a lot of companies that we like. If you have questions, just... Ask away and hope you have a good weekend.